We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. Lucky Lefty Podcast, LL Nation, what's good? Your boys, the Anora boys are back. We missed you since Saturday, man. But we're here today. Finally, Notre Dame fans can come in off the ledge. Come on, come off the ledge. Come off the ledge. We, w- we couldn't say anything because it wasn't official until this morning, but it's been the worst kept secret in the transfer portal. Come on back off the ledge. Okay, you good now? Riley Leonard is your newest quarterback at Notre Dame as he officially commits to Notre Dame this morning. It was supposed to happen yesterday. For whatever reason, it got pushed back to today. Because they had to announce Steve and Jelly start. Yeah, that probably was the case. They let Sam Harpin opting out, Steve and Jelly getting his first start. They probably let that take precedent. But we're brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Audio edibles each and every day, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget, GP, GTB, your get to the bag questions. We'll get to in the second half of the show. Put them in the chat, GTB, with your question. We'll get to those questions in the second half of the show. Left, how was your weekend? Good, man, good. Just steadily getting everything together. You know how that goes. Watching this good football out here. Yo, last night was a prick. I looked at it and I was like, man, this might end up being the worst Monday night doubleheader ever. And it gave us two really good games. That's right. And everybody tweeting me about Tommy DeVito. Look, man, relax. Relax. If, if, you, want, if you want the Giants to ride out with Tommy DeVito, then go right ahead. Have it that. They seem like Notre Dame fans when it comes to quarterbacks. Oh, we can get to that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's, let's bring in our brother from another mother. Co-host of Locked On Wolfpack, co-host of Locked On ACC, co-host of Locked On College Football Live. We're going to give him the first word on Riley Leonard to Notre Dame. And my sister, our sister, Candace Cooper, she tried to shade Notre Dame with her tweet about 10 minutes ago. And, you know, she pretty much said Notre Dame gets all the perks of the ACC without actually being in the conference, referring to Riley Leonard. And, you know, I hit her back with the gif of T.I. with a little kind of approval nod, like, yeah, you're probably right, but say la vie. That's life. So we're bringing our guy, Ken Gibbs, to join us once again right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. And uh, I had some fun with KG left on Sunday because my, my Bears, who should be 2-0 against the Lions, they finally finished the game off. Like, thank thank how dude. And uh, I, I have to admit, fans, I tried to come up my boy and he put me in my place real fast. He put me in my place real fast, and I had to say, hey, man, I almost pulled out, well, at least the White Sox are better than the Tigers. That's all <laughs> Bro, you said you said we got Riley Leonard, y'all got Riley Green. We y'all we 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 ain't the same. We ain't the same right. guy over here. That's right. That's right. And we got Shohei and Otani out in, in LA. Yeah, left. He, he's a Dodgers fan now, so they got Shohei Otani mm-hmm. on a super deferred I, deal. I don't know if you saw the actual details. That the way that they pulled that off. That's crazy. I, you know, I'm gonna tell you this. They said that apparently he wanted the deal set up in that way. And um, that this isn't an uh, interest-heavy situation like we're looking at with Bobby Bonilla to where he randomly, you know, until he like 60, he's just going to wake mm-hmm. up one day out the year. Oh, it's time Locked to get paid by the Mets again, baby. Mm-hmm. But uh, I- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. In terms of this here football, in terms of this here pig skin, in terms of Riley Leonard, let me tell you something, man. This is – this is it- it's amazing. Kind of like my Lions being on top of the NFC North, uh, two-game lead. Even after that loss on Sunday, it's amazing. It's so amazing <laughs> that y'all got Riley Leonard because I sit here and I think to myself, y'all got a really, really good quarterback, a dynamic quarterback who elevates everybody around him. And if you don't believe me, if you if you were to say, well, Ken, show me the game. If a Notre Dame fan was to say, Kenton, show me the game that shows his impact tangibly, I would say Florida State, Duke, this year. Riley Leonard was clearly hobbled. 
He was clearly injured. He clearly wasn't 100%. And yet, when he was in that game, not only did Duke look like a, a legitimate uh, Power 5 football team, they were leading. They were beating Florida State when he was healthy. And then the minute that he went down, the literally no less than, than three or four minutes later, it was over. It was over that quickly. So I, I really and truly say Riley Leonard's impact is massive. The only question for no yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The only question, the only question for Notre Dame is this: How comfortable are you with a first-year transfer? Because, like I've talked about a billion times in terms of quarterbacks in the transfer portal, it generally takes a year for them to reach their full potential and get fully comfortable. It normally that's what we're looking at on average. Players take a year to get, you know. I talked about Jaden Daniels. I talked about uh, Burrow. I talked about Jalen Fields. I talked about a mi- many a guy. And Jalen Fields may be a slight exception because he bought out his first year. It's just his second year. He was in a different stratosphere. But the reality is normally it takes a quarterback a year to get to where they need to go before they uh, before they reach their full potential. And so that's the only question here. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just the, the idea. But other than that, y'all got a really, really good one. A truly – he was a hidden gem in Durham. I'll tell you that much. He he's like uh hidden what's that gem. place? What's the place I'm thinking of? Like Dame's chicken and waffles in Durham. It's a hidden gem that you, oh, if that, you did, that's a spot. If, that's a spot. If, oh, it's, it's the spot. If you're in Durham, you gotta go to Dame's. You gotta go to okay. Dame's. I'll tell you what. They get the buff brahmas. Whoo! Mm, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Okay. But anyway, long story short, he he really was a gem. And I think that if he is playing like if he's comfortable in the system, gets acclimated with everybody early, and he hits that full potential right away. He's going to be a one-year rental because he's going to go to the league and, and get all the things. But that one-year rental is going to be a hell of a year for the Golden Domers. Left, take it away, bro, because I already know. <sighs> I think Riley Leonard is a is a pickup of, like you said, a more dynamic quarterback in the position. But at the end of the day, he's not – just like anybody in a position of expectations, it's a different environment. Not only is it a different environment, like you said, the one year of getting comfortable matters a ton. And if you're not a generational talent, a clear one and done type of guy, I don't see the chemistry happening as fast as it you know, probably will look his second year. Thankfully, thankfully though, we have the ability to have the easiest schedule with the less pressure that we've had in the last seven, eight years. So he'll be able to get better as the weeks go on because our schedule allows it to. So the real judgment of Riley Leonard isn't gonna come for me as serious or as as expected until the playoff situation. I think that's the only environment you can really judge, especially going forward, if his impact truly meant something to Notre Dame. Because at the end of the day, I don't see Riley any that that much better than what we have in the room that we've yet to see already. Now, I think he's just a more experienced Steve Angeli in a lot of cases. I think Steve is a little fat right now. But, you know, he, he'll take it more serious and get in a better playing shape. 
But I don't see how Riley Leonard changed life for Notre Dame outside of what Notre Dame already has. I think, if anything, he's a good compliment, like Sam was supposed to be, except he's a, a better athlete than Sam. I just think that from watching him, I don't see him changing life. Now, he could get better in that regular season and get to the playoffs and be competitive in those games, but it'll be interesting to see what he does against with the expectation of Notre Dame and as it weighs on later in the season and as it relates to the, the stronger games that we're not supposed to win. I don't see a game on the schedule right now that we're supposed to lose regular season-wise. So that's a, a alley-oop right there, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin-style Lob City, way easier slam dunk than what this year was. I think Riley, this year, if we were to take him over Sam for whatever reason, I think we would have similar, maybe we'll probably be a better competition versus Clemson, but, you know, the expectations in, in the arena of Notre Dame is different, and I think Riley Leonard will be a more comfortable suit, but then again, you know, how are we using our quarterback? You know, how are we going to put him in a position to win? Because clearly we haven't been successful at matching that style of quarterback we bring in the last two transfer quarters. I, I, oh, oh, okay. I, I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. Okay. Sean Malik, I, I understand now. I understand. I get it. I, I know what's happening here because I was confused when I start hearing Malik speak at first. I'm like, wait, are we talking about the same Riley Leonard? I get it. He's tempering expectations just in case things don't go as they should. Well, let me let you in on this, Notre Dame fans. Don't listen to Malik. That man lying to y'all. You don't have nothing in that quarterback room that's like it. Let me explain something to you. Let me, let me ask you this. Sean, I'm going to ask an impartial third party here. Sean, do you think Audrey Estime was a good back in 2022? Do you think it was a good back? Yes. Guess who had more touchdowns, not including passing touchdowns, in 2022? Riley Leonard or Audrey Estime? I mean, based upon the fact that you're asking me, I would probably lean Riley, Riley Leonard. Leonard. Riley Leonard finished with 699 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns in 2022. That boy is much better than Malik. I'm with you when you're right, brother. I'm with you when you're right. You're very wrong on this one. Did you watch the Clemson game? That man won that game with his legs. Him and those receivers had no chemistry at that time, which – I, actually, let me not say they didn't have any chemistry. They just – his wide receivers were struggling to get open. Those, those boys were in straight jackets all night long. I thought that they was going to have a padded well, wall put up me, around them. Let me, I, let, let me say this. Malik is not tempering. When Malik says he's not impressed, Malik is actually – No, 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 no. But let I me tell you. I know what I'm talking about. Let me, let me tell you. Let, no, I'm telling you because I know what's going on. So I'm mm. going to put you on it, and then I'll let you respond. Mm -hmm. Notre Dame players, especially the former players, don't respect anybody that they've smacked. Mm -hmm. So they smacked Sam Hartman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they ain't had that much respect for Sam Hartman. They saw Notre Dame smack him around. Right. Right. They they felt like, yo, that dude struggled to pass the ball. Dude, Al Golden had him confused. We should have blew him out. We let him stay in the game until, like you said, his legs in the running game got Duke back in the game. So, yeah, Malik and some of the other players have voiced their opinions on social media like, dude, why are we going to get dudes that we've already beaten? But you'll also, but you'll also see that 
what is it that, like, this will be the first time, just like Sam, just like Jack Cone, well, not just like Jack Cone, but just like Sam, where you're going to a team that guys around you are also good, if not better. When has Riley Leonard been on a team at Duke when he's not the best player? Riley Leonard's not coming to Notre Dame and being the best player at Notre Dame on the Notre Dame football team. He'll probably be in the top 10, but he wouldn't be the, the best player they're looking to to win the game. If you're, if you're talking about a one-year transplant to change life, you're talking about bringing in the best player on your team. Mm-hmm. At Notre Dame. Now, if this is another school, then, yeah, you have a good running. But to have success at Notre Dame as a one-year at that quarterback position, you got to be the best player on the team. Riley Leonard's not coming and being the best player on the team. It's becoming a compliment, an additional piece that we think can get over the hump. But we're not winning a championship this year running the football behind Riley Leonard's legs. We got five running backs very capable of running the football. So his addition would have to come in the passing game, which we're trying to stack these receivers for, that I believe can get open. But at the end of the day, is Riley Leonard throwing the open guys, uh, over 70% completion guy? I doubt it. I doubt it. So, now, with the people being covered, it probably is less than that. So, so let me ask you this, Mike. Because you were a quarterback that people say could move a little bit back there. You know what I mean? You could you could get a little loose back there, correct, Malik? When called upon. When called upon. Okay. Now, now my defensive coordinators, and, and I, I'll never forget, Coach Jermaine Crowell, absolute legend in the city of, of Detroit in the state of Michigan, absolute legend. He said, I hate those running quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I hate those running quarterbacks. And I said, why, Coach? We we in Detroit. Everybody can run. And he said, no, no, no. I don't mean those running backs they put at quarterback. I mean a true running quarterback. And I said, why is that, Coach? Because they changed the math. Malik, you were a math changer when you played. Think about how tough it is already to defend Estime and company in that backfield, right? Now, imagine having to defend them in one of those big power schemes that y'all got where you got a, a first-round tackle and a second-round guard pulling on around. And, oh, by the way, if you bite down too heavy on that, that quarterback is going to pull it, and this Katie Dids at the doorstep. Oh, but wait a minute. We're in 2023 now. Let's throw a little RPO tag on that thing so he can pull it and run, or we got the backside glance route coming around. Like, the, the, the reality is when we look at who Riley Leonard is, I don't care if you beat that boy by a million. This is the ultimate team sport. Football ain't like basketball where you bring in one guy and all of a sudden – your, your entire fortune is changing. He is a world changer for Notre Dame because he plays the most important position in football, the position that every rule is catered to, the position that if this player was healthy for Florida State, they'd be in the playoff, but he's not, so they're not. This is, but this is also going to what you're saying. Riley Leonard's not a durable guy, number one. So if his greatest strength is running around, being a, a playmaker, this and that, we can't count on that for, especially how we got the playoff system now, for, what, 15, 16 games? I doubt that he stays healthy enough. We've dealt with the guy who wasn't durable, that had the, dur- the, the, the dynamic ability to run around, and we ran him into the ground in the first three games. So we've, we've seen that. But also you got to think about the fact that if Riley Leonard's strength isn't throwing the football, what is he even adding to Notre Dame? 
Wait, who said his strength ain't throwing the football? Who who said that? We've sat on this podcast and I've watched him play, even in, in clutch situations in games. He's running around. He's he's trying to run people over. He's not looking oh. to add the one or two play. Because you got to think, Notre Dame's at a place offensively mm-hmm. where we're talking about the one or two plays, the three or four game-like situations where we, like we've had this year, Sam Hartman and a lot of third and eights, third and sevens that we're going to be in. Because of the way we run the ball, we'll run the ball first, second down, get two yards. Now it's third and eight, and it's the first drive of the game. You know, we 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 tend to do that sometimes. Riley Leonard's impact is gonna have to come in the the the, the niche situations. We're not looking for a guy to just come in and be good because we have that and we're a good team, which is what we have in the QB room. We have capable, good guys. We make Steve Angeli look like potential. But at the end of the day, is Riley Leonard got the got the necessary one or two plays in him, that's what we're looking for to change life at Notre Dame because that's what it's going to take. You look at the Heisman right now. All of those Heisman players that won the Heisman and guys that are in the championship are throwing for over three, 4,000 yards, 50-plus touchdowns. Riley Leonard don't got 50 touchdowns in him. Riley Leonard don't got over 4,000 yards passing, over 3,000 yards passing in him. Now, he can have 2,500 and and close to 1,000 rushing yards, but that's not going to win us the championship. Quinn Ewers is an example. Michael Penix is an example of guys on playoff teams because they have good teams as well. But they, but they throw they on the ball in situations. They weren't those guys before they got there. That's what I'm saying. Michael Penix. Oh, Michael Penix always... was that guy before he got hurt at Indiana now. Come on. But okay, but let's talk about him in Indiana. He got hurt twice. He never threw for over 2,000 yards at Indiana. That's what I'm saying. Well, you he, cannot got hurt. he got hurt early that second year because he was on fire in the first three, four games. But you, you can't compare st- but you can't compare stats for stats. You can't say, oh, if Riley Leonard hasn't thrown for four thousand yards like these guys, he's not the guy. When no, Jay I'm Daniel- those are indicators, though. Those are indicators. But, Look, we okay. had a guy that one is the most winningest quarterback of all time throw for under three thousand, and we didn't win no playoff games to get to a championship. This is this is my point, though. If you look at every player that you just named, if we look at the Heisman finalist quarterbacks from this year, right? Michael Penix, what was the most yards he ever threw for at Indiana? Under 2,000 yards. Bo Nix, what was the most yards he ever threw for at uh, at Auburn, was it? Uh, what was it, 23 or 2,200, 2,400? When you look at Jaden Daniels and what he did at Arizona State, what was the most yards he ever threw for? Uh, the Almost 3,000? These guys, you cannot use, hey, the stats from their senior year and the stats from when they were in the system for two or three years with these amazing players is what we use as the indicator against Riley Leonard playing with, with all due respect to the Blue Devils, Duke players. No disrespect to them. You know, I like a lot of those guys. I think Jordan Moore is good. I hold think Waters is good. Hold on, Riley but, Leonard is a Duke player. Riley Leonard is a Duke player. Like that boy was a Lamborghini amongst Bobos in Durham. He was a Lamborghini amongst Bobos. He was a Volkswagen that got recruited to a Volkswagen type of school. What do you mean? He wasn't no Lamborghini that was shot in the market and denied the top schools to go to Duke. He was a Volkswagen that got a new engine and a new paint job, and everybody thought it was a Grand Prix that it can go out there and win some races. But at the end of the day, it was a Volkswagen, and we found that out when we played him in the biggest game of his career at home with just like the Louisville situation. If he was a Volkswagen, how did Mike Elko have the winningest season in Duke 
history for a first-year head coach, for a first-time okay. ever head coach. What's the what expectation at Duke? That's a basketball school. So, if anything, what? Mike Elko, first of all, is a good coach that came from Notre Dame. Also, he found out the winning formula, and it don't take much when you go to a lesser school to put the winning put the women formula together. A he lesser school? And, and Listen, he gave I'll Duke give, something they didn't have. I'll give you that. I will a 1,000% concede that Duke played in the Coastal, and they milked those Coastal wins for everything it was worth. Absolutely. Not going to disagree with you there. But the idea that Riley Leonard was a Volkswagen amongst Volkswagens is insane. If no, you he, look was a, at, he was a souped-up Volkswagen. He was a, he's that, a, he was a Volkswagen XL. He's trying to give him yeah, some Yeah, yeah, he, he got the compliment. He got, at worst, he's at he's worst. A custom, he's a custom Volkswagen. He's still a Volkswagen. At worst, that boy. The Duke. Um, uh, a Lamborghini at a at a school like Duke would be – I couldn't even imagine because Lamborghini's going to go to Duke. But but that that is my whole point. You can't imagine a Lamborghini going to Duke. The players come out but, of Duke. That's why he got a new engine. You, but you that new engine is competing around guys that went in with the engine. At worst, at worst, that boy is a Hellcat SRT compared to those Volkswagen. <laughs> at worst. But now, moving forward from there, this and is what a, impact? Because what did Duke really win? No, what did Duke really win? My brother in Christ. See, you're comparing this to, and this is what I'm saying, Malik. This winners, is what I'm saying that you got it wrong. We Sean talked about Malik, that. We need you're winning. comparing them. You're comparing him to what you expect from Notre Dame, and that's insane. You cannot compare what he has done in terms of wins and losses to what you would expect him to do at Notre Dame. It's not fair to him. It's not right it? to do so. Why is it not? Because because he was at Duke, and it's guy. a team sport. It's a team no, sport. Wait a he minute got, now. Riley Leonard can't make that area tackle. You said the quarterback position is the most important position. It is. It so is. you're going to recruit the best of that if you want to be the face of the program, right? You're not going to recruit somebody that's not a winner. I agree. So if we're going on the logic of you want to recruit somebody that's a winner, a face of the program, elevate the team, this, that, and the third. Well, if he's not winning and doing that at the school that's very capable of being one at in a conference that's winnable, that we dominate, and he's gotten dominated by us, what is he bringing to be the fit what we're trying to bring to make the team better? You know, what, if he's right. no different right. than Sam Hartman, if he's just – well, Sam Hartman had a better accolade sheet than Riley Leonard. So if we, what are we talking about here? So you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Riley Leonard was supposed to get out there and tackle estimate. That's what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to get out there, bad ankle and all, and say, I got you, Audrey. I'm no, lining up at the mic. Now, it's going to be me and you on the A-gap, brother. Football it's isn't gonna... make it, take it now. Football I... isn't make it, take it. So every You're time all, right. Audrey estimate played and scored, and they got on the field and got off, Riley Leonard got on. So and what did he do in those opportunities? Y'all have a defensive back that rightfully or wrongfully won a, a nation's best defender award that y'all argued about, that y'all argued about, is he or is he not the best defender? Meaning you had other defenders on that team that were on the caliber of a player who won the national defensive player of the year to some. And so and you're going to tell your, me your... that one quarterback should be that good to overcome that. Is it? Oh, you, you're right. You're right. Wait a minute. Grand Wait a minute. Is Jake, Jake Plummer. My Jake Plummer, my plumber, he overcame that with the same circumstances. The game don't you, a don't one you tell score game. Don't you tell game that was lie. a one score game. They have a great coach, just like uh, uh, Riley Winter had a great coach, right? Don't, don't you tell right? that lie. Don't you tell that lie. Don't you tell so that what's lie. What's the litmus test then? Because we had nine great quarterbacks beat Notre Dame. 
Ryan Leonard is supposed to be a great quarterback in the same tight game situation and, and got hurt. Didn't win. I, Didn't put first, enough first thing first. Forward. First thing first. Jack Plummer is an insane comparison because he had one of ACC's leading rushers in Johar Jordan. He had one of the most dynamic receivers in Jamari Thrash. He had one of the best edge rushers in the league. In, oh, I'm sorry. Second team All-American Ashton Gelati on that defense. Let it me was tell 24, you something. Let me, but this is my point. This is what I'm saying in saying that. You can't compare apples to apples in terms of who won and who didn't because I guarantee you, I guarantee, I would put dollars to your donuts that if there were, if you asked Louisville fans, if you handed out a poll to Louisville fans, who would you rather have as your quarterback? Um, uh, the, the amazing, the monumentous Jack Plummer who took you to an ACC championship game or Riley Leonard. I'm guaranteeing you, as sure as the sun rises on the east and sets on the west, those folks would be clamoring. They would be screaming, oh, we have Riley Leonard. We're a playoff team. Because Jack Plummer was just a – he was a jag. With all due respect to him, he was just a guy. He wasn't the guy that's like, hey, we can win because of him. He was how just was, a guy that's how like, was we'll Riley win with Leonard him. not a jag? How is Riley Le Look at what Duke did after he went down. Before he went down, there were beating Clemson. Down, Duke went, being a down team isn't something that we're not expecting. Are we expecting him to be good all, all the time? Never. Them being down is a usual thing. But that's my point. Me. Look what they were when he played. They were not a down team when Riley Leonard was in the game. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Ken Gibbs, special guest. Look, we always have to say it here. You know, somebody in the chat tried to be condescending and said, this is why they don't normally watch Lucky Lefty Podcast. Then go watch podcasts that give it to you with pixie dust. If you don't want a real conversation, looking at both sides of the situation and being honest, then I'm sorry. This isn't a podcast for you. We're going to continue to spin it different and keep it fun. That's what we do. Lucky Lucky Podcast. I've got it from Locked On ACC, Locked On Wolfpack, Locked On College Football Live. Okay, you I get, have a great you get, question. You, you great get that question. crap. Hey, question. before you get started, I had to get that crap out of the chat. The no, chat it's is great. All, it's great that it's the as chat, the chat, the chat I have is a lit. response. That's what our show is about. I have a response to it. People That's that why can we talk it. about the both both sides of the coin. We need we need to keep is. the comments in there because they need to answer this question. Hey man, look, uh, Notre Dame media has stepped it up. They have stepped it up this year. I have to give it to them. That was that was fabulous. That clearly shows you that the decision was made before he left his visit. Oh, absolutely. 
So he do. No Lane fans were going crazy over the weekend. Like, oh my God, why have you committed yet? Like, relax. Relax. But you know why Ed, you know why it took so long? Because he really had to ask himself, does he want this? And that's no, the question that's, that you gotta that's ask. No, 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 left, no, that's, he didn't. that's the no. question. That's he the question. Because because think about this. Think about this. Even with a Riley Leonard, where do you expect that taking us to? Because Sam Hart, we expected a championship. We fell short. Jack Cohn, we is a transition year. We won more games than expected. So where is the expectation for Riley Leonard that isn't already the expectation that we have for the quarterbacks in the room? Because I don't see and, and this is where we come to pull the wool off your eyes, to, to unveil the veil that's been casted over this fan base once again. Because it's going to be all laughs and giggles when we go through this easy schedule and, and Riley Leonard's in the quarterback starting position and we think we found the answer. But let's really talk about it. Because what's going to be the first thing Riley Leonard's going to do when he goes to Notre Dame? Start asking Steve Angeli what to do. Start asking Steve Angela, who's the most experienced guy in the room for the last three years, what what plays this and what what this is and what that is. This isn't a Sam Hartman accoladed up fifth year that did everything you could want to do from a standpoint uh, of a career at a previous school where Steve Angeli, who has no experience, can go cuddle up and buddy up to a guy like this. Steve Angeli's going in there like, bro, I'm the most experienced. I've, I've proven everything I could have proven in the limited time that I've gotten. And you're bringing in a guy to do what? I'm the starter in this next game. So I go in there, do my thing, win the game. What do we need a Riley Leonard for? Because that's what I'm asking. Because he's coming in to do what? How much better is Riley Leonard than Steve Angeli? When Steve Angeli knows more about what we're doing. How much better can he be? Riley Leonard's not a first pick of the draft. So what are we talking about? How much says, better and where's the expectation for Riley Leonard that Steve Angeli isn't more comfortable in the position of right now? Because I don't think that Riley Leonard's going to go in there and beat Steve Angeli out how. So Riley Leonard does what that Steve Angeli can't do. If we're talking about passing, I can see the Sam Hartman, Kenny Minchie comparison. That's a battle. What's the battle? Who can run the hardest? Oh, and, and I'll I'll just I'll just very simply I'll just very simply say this, okay? You talk about what Duke is or is not as a program, okay? And and we talk about you know who Duke has been over the years, and and I get that I get that. Shout out to them boys for getting Manny Diaz as their head coach. You know, there's there's nothing nothing for Duke to hang their head about in terms of this last season that happened. Or hell, even the last couple seasons that happened. Excuse my French. I know my grandma gonna be listening. I know y'all cuss over here, but I'm just saying. With that being said, I just I just want to take you through something for just a second here, okay? In terms of talking about, well, hey, uh, it, it really wasn't nothing too impactful done by this team. It really wasn't nothing. He didn't win nothing so special. He didn't do nothing so good at Duke, and he wasn't a, a Lambo amongst them. He was just another car amongst that team. Historically speaking, Duke has been bad, but let's go recent because I don't want to go back in history. We don't want to talk about when the hell is for soft. If we specifically look at what Cutcliffe did with a Daniel Jones, who was a first round pick and ended up starting in the NFL, he never had as much success as Elko did in his time with Riley Leonard. That, and that's just the fact. 
That's just a fact. And that was when Coastal Chaos started in the ACC, when they had nothing but Midwater over there, and the fourth or fifth best team in the Atlantic would have won the Coastal. So here's here's my only thing about what you're saying. I'm, I don't even disagree with you that Angeli knows the system better, and he's been there longer, and it could potentially be a worse swap in terms of just the year or just the offseason in terms of like, you know, potential messing up team chemistry or whatever in terms of Angeli not being the guy. I'll give you that and I'll grant you that. But the reality is if we're talking about what is the most likely situation, because I believe that Riley Leonard has a COVID year, so he could get another year after this year if he so chose to, I believe. And with that being said, if I'm looking at these two, Angeli and Leonard, and saying, who do I believe has the better ceiling? Who do I believe gives this team the best shot? It's not just about this year, brother. You got to look ahead at this thing and say, okay, if I'm planning for a team. I, so, for example, I use NC State as an example. Even if we're not talking about the future, even if we're just talking about next year, there were four different quarterbacks that NC State had to play with in 2022. Four different ones. To, to deny a quarterback and not bring somebody in and say, hey, this guy showed that he was a special talent at Duke because you beat them? You would seem crazy. You would seem crazy for that. NC State beat UVA. Brennan Armstrong bringing him over was still a good idea for NC State. It objectively was. If your metric is you lost to Notre Dame, therefore you're not the quality of player we want, congratulations. Notre Dame may never get another transfer that's worth some again. If that was the case, Florida State wouldn't have went and got Fentrell Cypress. If that was the case, I know Albany couldn't have beat Florida State, so Jared Burst would have been a watch. If that's the case, Louisville to Florida State. Jordan Travis wouldn't have been there. Michigan State, Keon Coleman. You cannot look at the team and say, hey, your team is not good, therefore you are also mid. That man, whether you believe he was a souped-up Volvo, Hellcat, foreign, uh, the, the well, horse, on, wait, the beamer, wait, wait, wait. whatever you want to give them, you cannot look at the team and say the team did not have the success that we are used to Therefore, you are not good, especially when he had unprecedented success for his school that he was at. So Mike Elko, first of all, did a great job with Duke's defense that doesn't get enough credit. So if, we can, start, if we can talk about that, that was a huge impact in the difference of what when Daniel Jones was there and David Cutcliffe didn't have. They didn't Absolutely. have a defense. What's Notre Dame's thing that keeps them in the game is offensive line and defense. So Duke never had a defense that great since Duke's whole history of being a losing team. So that's what the difference was. Then you add a quarterback that is halfway decent talented that won't lose you the game necessarily, but Riley Leonard's lost him some games, but won't lose you the game necessarily, then that works. But the, the difference is I'm not speaking on Riley Leonard and his impact at Duke. I'm speaking on him as an individual talent, adding himself to a, a talented team already. He was the best player at Duke, and he made Duke better. But this isn't Duke. Notre okay. Dame isn't in the same situation or sentence with a Duke success season to season, even traditionally as a football program. He's going into an elevated level of competition on his own team. He's not the fastest or strongest or whatever, the toughest dude on his team when he comes to Notre Dame. So and you know what? I'll adjustment. say this left. I'll say this left. If you look at the video we just played, the introduction video, who are the two players walking into the stadium with him? Xavier Watts and Benjamin Morse. And some people might say those two dudes are better than Riley Lynch next year. 
if Xavier Watts decides yeah, to Yeah, I come mean, back. obviously. So, I mean, I'm supporting your point. What you're saying is what he's stepping into. He's not. He's stepping into a situation where he's surrounded by other dogs. And exactly. Like he, he's the other. Exactly. He's the only dog. So now, for you, Malik, it's all about the schedule's weak. He can't prove nothing. He can't prove anything to us. He can't prove nothing that the guys in the room can't prove this year starting just like he's starting because it comes down to what are we doing? The only way that and how I would if I was Marcus Freeman's right hand man, and I'm glad we get to talk about this. If I'm Marcus Freeman's right hand man and I've been through this whole transfer thing twice already, the biggest thing that has been the thing that hasn't made it work functionally outside of this organization in other areas is the fact of commitment. What are you committing to? When we had Jack Cohn, we didn't commit to Jack Cohn. We did this two quarterback thing and Jack Cohn was able to make it work. We brought Sam Hartman in, cleared the decks and didn't give Sam Hartman what Sam Hartman was successful with and through all the things that he did in his career at Wake Forest and he was running what we did. So it was it was a it was an evening, it was a zeroed out effect. He was just another guy on the roster running another offense. So what is the strategy? If I was Marcus Freeman, I would say if we're gonna get Riley Leonard, we're running Riley Leonard's offense, period. Everything he did at Duke, we're running that. Because it wouldn't make sense to bring him in and teach him anything that we would have to teach guys that we already have in here. He's not no first pick of the draft. He's a talented quarterback that we are happy to have because it's different than what we had before, but that doesn't mean it's going to equate to more success if we're not doing what he did great. If we're not coming in here running exactly what he ran, then how is he any better than Steve in the position of getting his team ready to win big games? It's not hard for the guys in the room that we have already to go out there and play the schedule we have, especially the first, what, the first six? Those are games we're supposed to win, and Vegas got us winning anyway. So, if anything, they just got to do their job. So, Riley Leonard's impact wouldn't be seen, in my opinion, late anyway. And that comes down to those guys would have progressed and got more comfortable through the year as well. So, what would be the strategy is if Marcus Freeman was thinking about developing for the future, I'm looking at it as bring a walk-on in because you're going to need a quarterback. Bring a walk-on in. There's tons of walk-ons all over the place. But we're going to have to find a franchise guy between Steve and Kenny because I got Deuce and C.J. Carr coming in that I need to be ready to play by next year and a half. Deuce Knight need to be ready to play by 26. It's 24 right now. And I got three guys in front of him. And that needs to be the recruit I need to stand on because I need to build some type of – of system where I'm developing quarterbacks to attract quarterbacks year in and year out. You can attract anybody because you're at Notre Dame, but you need to have a system if you want to stay a coach there. You can't just keep bringing these transfers in because what are you telling Steve? What are you telling Kenny? And how are you going to develop to get ready for what you're bringing in? Because Riley Leonard is is, is the apple upset in the apple cart right now. Hey, Kenny, especially if he's not, if you're not guaranteeing a championship. If you're not guaranteeing a championship, you're just guaranteeing Marcus Freeman play well in the playoffs and win first, second round. There's nothing that Steve couldn't do in that. Ken, I want to give this stat to kind of – Malik brought this up earlier. 2022 statistically was Riley Leonard's best season. Mm-hmm. He threw for 2,937 yards. That's pretty much – it's real close to 3,000. Mm-hmm. His completion percentage in that season was 63.5. Mm-hmm. That's his highest completion percentage. So 
He's not the 70% that Malik was asking for, but no. 63%, 2,900 yards at Duke. Uh, that's, that's pretty successful. But I wanted to say this um, and ask both you guys can jump at this because Malik, you brought up. Well, wait, wait, Sean, Sean, before, before we move on, I, I, I love Notre Dame so much because y'all are not about conferences. And so I'm going to switch conferences right now to, I believe it's the, I, I don't know if they're still in the big 12 or not, but I, I want to go to press Virginia real quick. Cause we got to talk about something you said there. Malik. We got to talk about something you said, you said, you know, Riley Leonard ain't the guy that's going to win you games. I mean, Riley Leonard has lost Duke games. And I would like to know where. I watched them in 2022. I watched every one of their games. In their losses, he had eight touchdowns against two turnovers. Mm -hmm. That man did everything he humanly could. He only had one game amongst every game that they lost where his QBR was below average. Every other one, you're looking at 60s, 70s, 80s, which is good enough to get you player of the week in the NFL or really player of the week in the conference, depending on who you play. And you're telling me that that guy lost Duke games? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, yeah, well, he absolutely which lost one? the game which because one? because we're, game we're, we're we're good with all the whole stat thing, but now in college football, you throw a bubble, get five, ten yards, you know your completion is gonna look good. But we're talking about winners, but and a perfect example of a winner. Perfect example of a winner is a guy like a Jaden Daniels, a great transfer portal pickup because he's a three-year guy that played in a lot of games, won a lot of games, and was on the best player on his team where he was able to transfer that because he has the talent. If you don't have the talent, it's just not going to work at Notre Dame. Wait, and you, Riley Leonard doesn't have the talent of the guys that on, are in the on. Heisman contention. He doesn't have the talent of the guys that are future first-round picks in a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. And those are the type of talents that Notre Dame is looking for for the one or two or three plays, the two or three or four situations in each of these big games that we can't overcome. Sam was in the same situation, and he and one of the situations against Duke, he ran for 16 yards in the touch. I don't know how you give that up but those are examples of things that we're looking for not guys that are sitting in situations where they can make a good team good we know we can make he can make Notre Dame good and I'm not debating that he's not a good pickup for a team that wants to be good but we're trying to be a team that wins in the playoffs when it matters and that's something that even Alabama and what Tommy is able to have in the talent of Jalen Milrow he can make it work what Riley Leonard's legs in Jalen Milrow legs so where where's Riley Leonard's X factor impact that's going to change the game for Notre Dame? I can't find it. But the the problem with that logic is Riley Leonard's best year. You said Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner. That's the guy you compare him to. Let's compare Arizona State Jaden Daniel to Riley Leonard Jaden Daniel. Um, no, I'm talking Sean, about talent, 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 talent. Okay, talent. let's compare the talent. But well, are Jayden we talking Daniels wins? So wait, talent. are we talking? Are we talking wins or are we talking talent? Because you told me we were talking wins, and now we're just talking talent. I'm saying to be a winner and to have the talent to transfer like he did, he has the talent. Like, Riley Leonard doesn't have the talent. Sam Hartman had the same type of stats. Sam Hartman had better accolades. He's a 50-plus starter. He's He's got all type of accolades in the passing category, but we're talking about straight talent. The talent didn't transfer, so, and when it was so called upon, it was soiled. So let's talk about the talent. Jaden Daniels' best completion percentage ever at Arizona State was 65.4%. He was not the guy. So by your metric, Jaden Daniels would have been a bad pickup for Notre Dame. 
That think about your metrics for a second. Jalen Daniels has the talent. He's of high talent. How? How do you he evaluate the talent? talent. How, here's he what I'm saying. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Scratch, scratch what he did at LSU. LSU does not exist. We're going back in the way back machine like Sherman and Mr. Peabody. You're going back to 2021 where as, this man's Sean, best season. Didn't I want Jaden Daniels at Notre Dame, Sean? He did. You did. You did or didn't want Jay Daniels. I'll Malik this. He wanted so, look, Malik is a he has developed high school quarterbacks. He's been an offensive coordinator. He's worked with the Elite right. Eleven. I give Malik credit. Malik would tell me about kids in seventh or eighth grade. And he told me of Bryce Young about Bryce Young years before Bryce Young got to Alabama. So his track record with me in conversation and quarterbacks. He said, go get this is this is when Michael Penix and Jay James were in the portal. He said, go get either one of those dudes. But so this I is, have to this give is my question. But this is my question. This is my question. Hold on, both based on because they have the talent. My question is this. My question is this. Based on what did you see that talent? Because now that I look at it, Jaden Daniels' best record was actually eight and five at um at Arizona State. Jaden Daniels' best statistic season passing, he had 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, which was way more interceptions than Riley Leonard threw. And somehow you knew, oh yeah, he is more talented based on what? That's all I'm asking. I'm sorry, 17 and 2 was his Arm best season. Talent, 17 creativity, ball placement. Uh, the game-like situations, and then obviously you factor in the 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 team around him. Now the team around Jaden Daniels, if you look back on where they are then and where they are now, I mean he was playing with guys that are first-round talent that are, you know, he had a different team. But from a, a eye test and 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 true talent, Jaden Daniels had it from the beginning. It's just the fact that he had a organization difference. Now, remember, he had Herm Edwards. He had all these type of coaching changes, a lot of difference. Now, Riley Leonard had a stable coaching environment his entire so, career. So just to be sure, we're talking about the guy who threw passes to Brandon Ayuk not playing with any NFL talent. That's, no, that's the no, no, I said, I said Jaden Davis had a hell of a talent. You look at the talent he played with, that, that, that where they are now and where they were then, I mean, he had everything you could have asked for. I'm, all, all I'm saying is this, and, and we can move on because we we spent enough time debating whether or not Riley Lynn is the guy. But I'll say this, statistically speaking, and this is truly statistically speaking, Riley Leonard and Jaden Daniels are literally basically the exact same guy, basically the exact same guy. So Riley I, Leonard has Heisman potential. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you go undefeated, if you're saying that this team has the potential to run the table, regardless of who's that quarterback, you put Riley Leonard Riley back there, Leonard you run that table. have the ability to win the Heisman. You, hear me out. If Riley Leonard runs the table at Notre Dame, you don't think that the, the voters are going to say, wait a minute now, there's a quarterback from Notre Dame who's thrown about 35 touchdowns against six interceptions. Uh, he's rushed for about 400 yards, and Notre wait, Dame you is said Riley Leonard, If Riley Leonard throws for 35 touchdowns at Notre Dame, he should win it. But is he? But I that's my – okay, let's take it down. Let's take it down. Riley Leonard – let's just do Riley Leonard's best season. He re, he replicates his best season word for word. Mark for mark. Yards, he's not okay, perfect, so perfect, watch this. Perfect, watch this. Exactly. He throws for 2,900, 20 touchdowns, he's six interceptions. Rushes for, rushes, for se, rushes for 700 and uh, runs for another 13 touchdowns. And you're telling me that on an undefeated Notre Dame, he may not win it. He's going to be in New York. I could, I could guarantee you Did that. JJ I could McC guarantee you JJ that. McCarthy do all that? And what happened to him? 
did JJ McCarthy do all that? JJ okay, McCarthy so. had those exact same type of so, numbers, and he did not win the Heisman. No. Okay, he so you're talking about Michigan team. All of so that. you're talking. So you're talking about a JJ McCarthy where his offensive line has either won or been a finalist for offensive line of the year every no, single year. Got a great the best two back. The, the best two back tandem in the nation by we far. We had the best and running Blake back Corm in the nation. We had the best back in the nation. And then on top of that, multiple, 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 not just good years defensively, statistically record-breaking years defensively. Last year, Michigan allowed as many teams to score 20 points on them as they did held teams to single digits. And I'm talking strictly in conference. I'm not talking about the Island of Misfit Toys University. So don't tell me that this is the same thing. Because if Notre Dame is coming, everybody is putting up single digits, averaging 15 against them. Then absolutely, I would say Riley Leonard's not going to make. Gives us a chance to win every week. So they give you a chance to win, but they're not allowing stats. 15 points per game. They're not coming like Michigan defense coming. Let's stop playing. Let's stop playing. It's a little different. Michigan it's defense. a little different. Well, 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 Michigan defense will get exposed in these playoffs, so I'm not worried about okay. what Michigan did during regular season. Oh, oh Jalen Milrow, Jalen Milrow, who needed a, a hail mary against uh, against the mighty mighty Auburn defense that was only allowing about 30 points per game in conference, and somehow held Alabama under that is just going to run through Michigan like a Tomb Raider. I believe you, Malik. Yeah, they I are. believe. It, just like he was screaming, give me that what Heisman, even though he got benched free. earlier in the season. Them boys from Alabama are delusional. They're not okay. KG, I hope KG. it's not physicality. Did you did you think did you think Matt Stewart and TCU would run through them? That defense? No, I absolutely oh, did. Oh, I'm just, absolutely see, did. There are, see, I don't, when you come when it comes to like 18, 19 year old, but if you that's why me, I don't bet. You, that's why if, I don't bet. If you would have told me, know. if you would have told me who has the better chance to do it, I absolutely would have bet my money on TCU because TCU, statistically speaking, had one of the best offenses in the nation. On top of that, Sonny Dykes is their head coach. Sonny Dykes, you can say what you want about the man. One thing that he, I know, always Sonny Dykes coming offense. He coming big plays. He coming fine space. I'm gonna give the ball to my playmakers and let them do their thing. We have seen time and time and time again. Time and time and time again, us always say, oh, there's no way that they beat Alabama. Oh, there's no way. But that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying is Riley Leonard, if he puts up what he did in his best year, then that's okay, sure, whatever. But here's what I'm here's what I'm saying in terms of comparing him to Jane Daniels. It's not that. fair to no, do no, that because do again, that. if Jane Daniels was at if Jane Daniels put up the same numbers at LSU that he put up at Arizona State, he wouldn't have won Jack. He became a better player. He got older. He got better. Jaden Daniels had two years also. Something Riley Leonard, I don't think that we're trying to have with him being at Notre Dame, no two-year process. So I don't believe that because you still have an answer. What's Riley Leonard's expectation? Is is us getting Riley Leonard going to give us a championship, yes or no? Because if it's not, then there's no reason for Riley Leonard. Can you guarantee it? No, you can't. I wouldn't guarantee nothing no, with 18 to 22 year I'm just like, I'm not betting on no 18 to 22-year-old. But, but that's I'll what tell we you are this. taking them. That's I'll what tell we you are this. taking them. That's I'll tell you this. Because you, you, you compare exactly Notre Dame. I'll tell you this. You compare Notre Dame to Michigan defense, so I'll give you this. Uh, and you compare Michigan to Notre Dame running game, so I'll tell you this. If they give him the type of support in terms of running game, in terms of defensively, that Michigan gave McCarthy, I'll, I'll bet Dallas Donuts they end up one of the top four or five seeds next year. What you want to bet on what you want to bet? On? Now that I will bet on. If what they give him that, and all he has to do is show up, I will give you that. About getting close. Notre Dame can only have the highest seed they can have is five, I believe. Okay, I'll take it a step further. I'll take it a step further. I'll take it a step further. Malik, here's here's my solemn word to you. My solemn word to you, because until that game against um, against 
TCU, Michigan had not given up 30 points to a single team all season. I will bet to you. I will bet to you. Hand to, hand to God. Y'all all got me on the Lucky Lefty podcast right here. Right hand to God. Y'all all see it. This is legally binding. I'm saying this right now in front of everybody. If, if Notre Dame does that until they get to the playoffs, if they give him that type of defensive support and they give him the type of rushing numbers that Coram and Edwards were putting up and the receiving numbers out of that backfield that they were putting up as well, I am betting you anything. You can go ahead and get that ring right now. Everybody from Notre Dame, go ahead and hit one of these. All Everybody from Notre Dame, go ahead, hit one right now. Because Riley Leonard may not be the second coming of Mike Vick. He may not be Joe Montana incarnated, nothing like that. But that young man is a good enough quarterback. He's not a quarterback. He is on the verge of the best type of quarterback you can win with to, like, the worst type of quarterback you win because of. He's in that area of, like, you can trot out whatever with him and he'll figure it out because that's what he has done. When he went down, Duke looked objectively. They didn't look bad offensively. They looked god-awful. They looked like they didn't know what they were doing out there. They looked like they were not an FBS team at multiple points after he went down. So to say that he doesn't have the talent based on, well, you know, we we whooped him. Well, he doesn't have the ball placement of a Jane did. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. If y'all give him that, give him that type of support, again, I'll bet anything on it. You can call me back. y'all. I know y'all going to have me on the show again because I love coming on. Y'all love having me. I'll be here again, and we could we could put whatever on it. We could put whatever on it, Malik. If y'all, if y'all come in like that next year, and you like, I still don't believe in this team to win a national championship. Let's do it. Let's put whatever on that thing. And I know we got to move on. So I'm done with the right of the conversation. But I'm just saying, that, that's how I see it. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Hey, we have our special guest, our brother, Ken Gibbs, right here. That was a great. Guys, I appreciate that. That was the Riley Leonard conversation that I wanted. Very transparent, multiple sides. And I think coming off this Sam Hartman disappointment, I will say this, and I hope Riley Leonard understands, and I hope somebody on that coaching staff told you, we already got dudes in this building that can win nine, ten games, young man. The reason we brought you here is for the, the December games and playoff games. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be a difference maker. All the, we don't need you to blend in. Heck, Jack Cohn came here as a transfer and threw for over 3,000 yards and threw for 500 in the bowl game. Like, you have to exceed that. Not only statistically, but in big games and marquee matchups, making big plays. He can't stay healthy. Come on. We already yeah. seen Well, we left. I can't. I do. Michael Penix, three consecutive years, had season-ending injuries. He could and, stay healthy until this year and couldn't stay healthy. So I'm not about to. I'm not about. But Michael Penis can throw the football. If so Sean, can get nicked up, it's gonna be raps. So Sean, you telling me that Michael Penix left Indiana, and you know that uh, uh, God bless Indiana University. It's where my wonderful fraternity was founded on the the, the campus of Bloomington, Indiana. We, we love Indiana over here. You know, I'm a Big Ten guy. I'm from Big Ten country. That's but right. you mean to tell me that Michael Penix left? A team that historically wasn't good went to a team that was historically a little bit better and all of a sudden looked like a lot better of a player. Hmm. Okay, I now wonder. let's insert now let's insert I the wonder. fact that coaching matters also. Michael Penix went to a coach that knows what he's doing and knows how to get the most out of him. We have a coach that has been graduating within house 
running a system that isn't his and hasn't even adjusted the system to a guy that can throw better than him. So what is the system in which Riley Leonard is coming into isn't quite uh, defined itself already. So it's not like my uh, Riley Leonard is coming into a situation where the offense is just laid out. We know exactly what we want to do and how he can play within it where well, he's coming into a in real life realistically a dysfunctional offense with no identity honestly no number well, that's not Riley's fault well if no, that's the it case is if you believe, it is Riley's yeah. fault it is Riley's fault you know why it's Riley's fault the same reason why it's Marcus Freeman's fault because at the end of the day he took the position Marcus Freeman took the position knowing what he was coming into knowing that he had guys hired in for him and guess who's got to take the blame when it don't work we're not about to sit here and have another episode of bringing in a quarterback that we believe is going to make us better. The offense surrounding isn't functional for him. And then we say he has a good season because that's, that's doing the discredit and the disservice to the guys you're recruiting each year that are in that room that are looking at it like, well, what are you recruiting us for if you keep getting guys every year? That's, and either I, we got guys in the room or we don't. And at this point, Steve, you know, I mean, what what can't you say about Steve that he hasn't done for the team? Because clearly I, when he gets on the field, he's been producing, and you got to respect it enough to see what he's got. But you already bringing in guys, having guys make videos about committing to a team. He don't know nothing about the offense. We're not adjusting an offense to him, which is another key factor. Because if we're not adjusting it to him, it's an automatic two-year process. Look at Quinn Ewers, look at Michael Penix, look at Jaden Daniels, look at Joe Burrow, look at uh, anybody that's had success as a transfer has taken two years. Even the only one that didn't, I believe, no, Dylan Gabriel was there for two years. Hell. Justin Fields would probably be the only one that first year was balling out. But I'll, I'll tell you this. If we're talking, and, and now we got to the heart of the matter, right? Because Indy Irie said that in one of her songs. She said, I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter, but my will gets weak and my heart seems to shatter. But here's the deal. We got to deal with this thing because the heart of this matter is not a problem with Riley and who he is. It's offensive dysfunction. And if you say that the coaching staff dysfunction then falls upon Riley, then brother, I'm sorry to tell you, y'all already lost. No, because at that point, it don't matter if you put Angeli in. It don't matter if you put no, Mitchie in. It don't matter if you put. It don't matter who you put in. It does. Because the reality is, the offensive dysfunction is still there. No, so it does because you know because you know why because you know why and the difference is Steve Angeli knows what's going on. It, it, it's one thing to 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 be in a situation where you see dysfunction and you know why it's dysfunctional. Riley Leonard's coming in blind. He don't know why. He know that is that it hasn't been what it what it could be, but he don't know why. Steve knows why. Steve knows. Like example, Steve went in the game and was making checks that Sam didn't do all year. And when Steve was making checks, Steve's calling things at the line. He made plays out of it. We scored points. We moved the ball effortlessly. Now, if you look at all season. We wasn't making checks like that. Hell, Marcus Freeman told you he we ain't allowing Sam to make checks. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, but, listen, but then I, it goes back. I I gotta run, but I I a thousand percent see where this conversation is coming from. I a thousand percent see Malik. I'm gonna tell you this, and I'm gonna tell you this because it's, it's fans who agree with me, fans who agree with you. I'll tell you this. Malik is a quarterback guru. He's played the position. He's done the thing at a high level. I know a little bit of football myself, but Malik knows his stuff. So I don't want nobody saying that this is just he, he just talking just to talk. This is a brother that knows his ball now. This is a brother that knows his ball. So I, Malik, I give you credit, and we just gonna have to see who's right. And and the worst part about it, the worst part about this thing is we're not gonna see who's right during the regular season. 
The no. worst part about this thing is we gotta wait. Until yeah, we're gonna wait twelve we gotta months. Wait whole we gotta wait a whole year. <laughs> but but I, but I will say this: I don't think it's fair to put this dysfunction on them, and I'll never agree to that. I'll never agree to put the dysfunction on the player. But I gotta go. I love y'all, boys. Lucky left before the you go. Before you go, give us two sentences on both Collins. Two sentences on Bo Collins. Um, all right, so that's a very big body receiver that he don't have to be open to be open. He turns 50-50 balls into 80-20 balls. That's the type of guy he is. So he's, you know, he's dynamic. He's going to do the thing. And I'll tell you what, if he's if he's wearing the Golden Dome next year, your wide receiver room just got instantly Bo Collins right there. He also committed to Notre Dame on Sunday. Ken Gibbs, thank you. Absolutely. Follow him. Locked on ACC, locked on College Football Live, locked on Wolfpack. All right, left, when we come back, we dive into what Riley Leonard could bring to this Notre Dame offense. And, oh, boy, for everybody that wants to jump on Jared Parker and wants to say, oh, Notre Dame needs to modernize their offense. Oh, we got something for you. Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We spin it different. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.